you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. With me today is Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence. Hi, Layla. How are you doing? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you? Okay. This is, as Layla will attest, this is an unrehearsed, spontaneous answering of your questions. Yes. Uh, we do take a peek at your questions uh, beforehand, so mm-hmm. you know we uh, have a little bit of a heads up, and you know, yeah. there's not going to be any real curveballs, but uh, mostly it's sort of extempore, right, off the yeah. top of our heads. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's more fun that way. Right. Too. And for our listening audience, you never know what's going to come up on our weekly Q&A with Layla, because it is a potpourri yes. of subjects. It's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get. Q&A with Layla is like a box <laughs> of chocolates. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Says, and you're paraphrasing... Uh, Forrest Gump. Yep. Oh, you never know what you're you going to get. And, you know, and it, sometimes you, know, you get a box of chocolates and you bite into one and it's like... That's not the one I wanted. Put it back. Yeah. Then my mother, my grandmother would come in and yell at me. Tooth marks in it. <laughs> what are you doing? I didn't want that one. I want this one. Of course, now that we're mature adults, we don't indulge in no, such, uh, no. such uh, pernicious habits. But now I have my own box of chocolates that I can bite out of any of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, golly. So. So t- let's tackle. Uh, oh, we actually, uh, you know, yes. let's, let's do uh, a little bit of a preamble. Uh, what's in the news this week? Anything that uh, has crossed your desk? Oh, um, not in particular. I think we're seeing more. However, uh, I think there's more notice, as is reflected in your article, Dr. Hoffman, in the newsletter, about it's not always about calories in and calories out. Yeah, that's a big story. Anymore. And, you know, and that's, of course, we've been aware of that. But the, I think Forever. the significance of that story is that it figured prominently in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Yes, yeah. Uh, which is uh, an authoritative journal on nutrition. Hopefully, will capture the attention of uh, many uh, people involved in the weight loss field. Yes. And... Uh, recognizing that it's not just simply a matter of counting calories. Yeah. But I think more and more people in uh, the weight loss industry, because it is an industry, a multi-billion dollar industry, uh, recognize that it's now about 
what you eat, not simply the amount of fuel you yes. put in your, in your pie hole. Because the type of calorie determines its metabolic fate. Mm-hmm. That's really what that's about more than anything. It's more about the hormones. Now, that's not to say at the end of the day that the calories don't count. count. Let's be clear. We can't eat 3,500 calories a day unless you're a, a big giant football player or a sumo wrestler. That's something different. But, you know, at the end of the day, calories do count. However, it's not just yep. about the calories. Yep. And the whole, yeah. the whole, I think, Dr. David Ludwig's point in that article, he's the lead author, is that uh, he turned the paradigm on its head. It's not like you're yes. eating too much. Yeah. Uh, he says you're eating the wrong thing, which causes you to eat too much. Yes. Perpetuates cravings. Right. And makes you gravitate towards sweet things. Yes. And I've experimented with this. And, you know, on days where you have a little more carbohydrates, it sort of turns on that carbohydrate drive. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I long, long ago, and I've done it enough times, if I have oatmeal in the morning, I'm starving by 1030. Yep, yep, yep. I'm starving. If I have my soft-boiled egg in the morning and a slice or two of prosciutto, ham and sea salt, and lunch is here, and I'm not quite hungry yet, but I know I should eat because I'll be starving by three. Yeah, you know, it's, and I it's noticed that, that kind of a feeling. I started eating a little more carbs yeah. right before I did a triathlon a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's a good uh, idea. That's it, a triathlon. That, you know, and I eat pretty very cleanly. But for the triathlon, yeah. I have like a uh, I have a pasta dinner the night before, and I, I actually since very early in the morning, and you have to stand around and wait for the triathlon. It starts at like you know six forty five, but you have to be there by you know four thirty or five. Yeah, you know, and standing in the dark, you know, fiddling with your equipment, and so I, I may, traditionally I have a little oatmeal. Mm. Um, Good idea. And it gives me a little bit, it puts a little carbs into glycogen. Into you need the glycogen, yes. And then, um, and then I'll have, you know, like one energy bar, mm-hmm. uh, not right before the race because it's a little unappetizing to eat something and then begin next, but maybe like, you know, 45 minutes before. Especially uh, if you're starting with a swim. Yes, yeah, yes, because yeah, it take, takes calories. Mm-hmm. But uh, then I noticed, you know, the appetite really was revved up around that. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. of course, I did a lot of exercise, so yeah, I was hungry. Sure. Uh, some news on the uh, HIV front. You know, mm-hmm. they're um, talking about uh, the lack of efficacy of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and you know, don't take zinc and don't take uh, you know IV vitamin C and all that stuff. All the experts agree that those are worthless therapies. They say take uh, you know steroids and take remdesivir, mm. which is the antiviral. Latest study out of Lancet. Uh, remdesivir plus standard of care versus standard of care alone for treatments admitted to hospital with COVID. So in other words, they tested, co- uh, you know, standard of care, whatever they do, mm-hmm. plus with or without remdesivir. No clinical benefit was observed from the use of remdesivir in patients who were admitted to hospital for COVID-19, were symptomatic for more than seven days and required oxygen support. Now, that doesn't mean remdesivir doesn't have a role to play in less sick patients, but in the very sick patients, that make a difference. Mm. So, um, you know, I think it's kind of a double standard is that we put aside these other therapies and then we're exalting this therapy. And, you know, that message better trickle down. So far this month, two conventional therapies have kind of crashed and burned. Convalescent plasma did Mm -hmm. not prove, you know, like everybody says, well, you know, let's donate. I want to donate my plasma because I have very valuable antibodies. Yes. You know, it turned out not to be helpful. Mm. Uh, what does seem to 
maintain some efficacy is the monoclonal antibodies. Okay. The stuff that Trump got originally. Yes. Uh, the um, uh, Regeneron. Regeneron, and mm-hmm. now there's several others. Yes. Made by other companies. Mm-hmm. So that and that and um, actually, um, I just talked to um, actually somebody in the office who um, had had COVID, and when they came down with COVID, they managed to uh, line up the monoclonal antibodies. Yes. And they said it really helped us right after the monoclonal antibody yes. got better. Uh-huh. Yeah? Uh-huh. Uh, so here's the problem. There was, it was in some places very easy to get it, some places hard to get it. So the government, in its infinite wisdom, basically nationalized monoclonal antibodies. They said, we are going to take charge of distributing it equitably across the country. So that means that some places may be winners and some places may be losers. Some people, some places may have lower allocation of monoclonals because, you know, uh, they were getting more through their own ingenuity yeah. and efforts. I know that uh, Governor uh, Florida, uh, uh, DeSantis, was a big proponent of monoclonal antibodies. Yes. He's afraid that because of government action, there won't be enough monoclonal, they will have yes. less because they'll ship it <laughs> off to different parts of the country. Right, right. Um, so, you know, like places where there's no cases, they're going to send monoclonal antibodies. That makes sense. Right. So anyway, so that is the one therapy, conventional therapy, that seems to have some traction. Of course, there's dexamethasone and all the other mm-hmm. things that, mm-hmm. you know, the supportive care that they give you. But, um, you know, so that's the, the latest status. Okay. j and J vaccine, mm-hmm. turns out, it may, it, you know, there's like, it was great. It was like, it's one shot. And what an yeah. advantage. Yeah. Turns out you need two shots. No, well. that They, they actually okay. determined that <clears throat> since J&J vaccine protection is waning into the like 60s, they did, finally, they did some research and they found that if you get a second J&J, it'll take it up to 91% yeah. protection. Yeah. And so, nice try, J&J. But? You, it, you, you tried to, to have like, like an edge on the others because it was mm-hmm. so convenient. It would just go one and done. Turns mm-hmm. out you need two to mm-hmm. get the kind of protection that the others confer. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's interesting. And still, there are a lot of breakthrough infections. A couple of people right. I talked to today, were you vaccinated? Yes. Did you get it? Yes. Was it bad? Yeah, it was fairly bad, but I mean, it wasn't devastating, but think, yeah. you know, they were sick. They were sick. Had the vaccine. Yeah. They were at home, but they were sick. Yep. They didn't wind up going to the hospital, but they were right. at home and sick. Right. Right. Better than going on a ventilator, better than dying. Absolutely. But, you know, again, the vaccine, what we're looking towards in 2022, a vaccine that may That you can take Delta. orally. The, orally or nasally. This is <gasps> a new, the, because right. it starts in the nose. It's one of the reasons why people who have been vaccinated can still carry the virus, because by the, that genetic material is in the nose. It goes to the nose, and it, your immune system takes a while to respond to it. And yeah. by the, it, in that lag time of maybe 48 or 72 hours, it's enough to start the virus propagating from your nasal passages. Mm. Mm-hmm. So maybe the nose, since it's the portal of entry, should be where <clears throat> some kind of vaccine is administered. Yeah. I think one Israeli company is working on it. Some other companies are working on that. So, you know, I think this time next year, it's going to be a different picture. Mm. Um, well, we'll be in a different letter of the Greek alphabet as far as the <laughs> variant that's out, and there will be more vaccines. Well, this isn't it. You know, I th- I've heard the theory enunciated that the Delta mm-hmm. is so good that it is, it's, it's, it's so like, transmissible. It's transmissible. Yes, yes. Yes. That's the word, transmissible. Yeah, yeah. 
that it's it's going to be hard to outdo it, huh? Because uh, viruses are selected not for their ability to kill people, but for their ability to propagate themselves. Exactly, they can't because, kill the hosts and be able to propagate themselves. Yeah, if you kill somebody real fast, yeah, you're uh, not going to propagate. We're you done. can't live. You know, it's like burn you the body. A, you need a house to live in. Yes. Yeah. So, so it is a very successful evolutionary adaptation. And there are other ones that seem to be kind of nipping at its heels. But it, it, uh, a lot of experts believe that Delta is the one that will win the competition. And mm. since a virus is very simple, there's only a certain number of ways it can mutate. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike a human where there's a lot of possibilities to adapt to various different environments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, humans have a lot of, shall we say, plasticity to mm-hmm. live in the North Pole or at the equator in deserts and, you know, yeah. adapt. Viruses, a little more simple, narrow uh, potential to mm-hmm. adapt to the circumstances. So anyway, mm-hmm. so let's come down the pike. Let's get to questions. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, this comes from Susan. Wondering what Dr. Hoffman's thoughts are on ADE and enhancing antibodies from the COVID vaccines. Okay. So. What are ADEs? Well, uh, they're antibody-dependent enhancements. Okay. So, uh, classically in immunology and in vaccinology, an ADE is what happens after you're vaccinated and you get a natural infection. Mm-hmm. And what they have found is that uh, some people have uh, an exaggerated reaction to mm-hmm. a pathogen <clears throat> after being vaccinated, and that they they've this is something they've looked out for in the initial research. They haven't seen this with the vaccines. We haven't seen that so much with the people who have gotten breakthrough infections. Um, mm-hmm. But it is; it has happened with other viruses. Mm. So, uh, not to be confused with uh, the 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 opposite, which is if you've had COVID and then you take the vaccine, could you have a like a like a blowback because you already have? Yes, had COVID. Wasn't that a concern? Is that not no longer a concern? Uh, some some doctors suggest that people who well, first of all, you get pretty good immunity, but not perfect immunity from an infection. Yeah. And it depends on your immune system. You have a robust immune system. You might have like virtually complete improvement uh, protection. Yeah. But um, the some doctors are suggesting that you only need one shot if you've had COVID. But right now it's sort of like a one size fits all. You've had COVID, take you know. Thing. But I understand that there is a limit. Is if you've had COVID, you've got to wait three months before you take the vaccine. Huh. Which kind of sucks for the people who've had, like say, people who had COVID. Um, you know, right around the time that there was this edict in many places that you must have a vaccine passport. They exactly. can't even get a vaccine passport if they wanted a vaccine, if they were willing That's to true. take the vaccine, because they have to wait. And it's kind of hard to they have do. to wait for their immune system to settle down. How, how, how about if that person was, had COVID within those three months before getting the vaccine, but were asymptomatic? You oh. know, unless you get tested every 10 days, right. how would you even know that you had COVID? Well, it I, becomes a little ridiculous. I have heard that uh, there is a uh, new trend among the affluent uh, and, shall we say, health conscious, not mm-hmm. hypochondriacal, 
mm-hmm. to go to concierge doctors mm-hmm. who, for a fee, are very happy to test your antibodies as, lo- as often as you'd like that done. Ah. And you get a score. And this has become like cocktail talk among the wealthy elite. It's like, what's your antibodies? Oh, mine are 14. Oh, mine are 21. Oh, oh mine, mine are, are over 250. Uh, right. That's right. That would be right after. Yeah, know. that would be right after. Yeah. So, um, anyway. That's interesting. Um, so, so the antibody-dependent enhancement and enhancing antibodies from COVID vaccines. And what about what about then that blowback of having had COVID and then getting the vaccine and uh, not having a great outcome for the vaccine? Yeah, that is said to be fairly minimal with okay. COVID. That's good now, to know. Um, I, you know, I have to say, I think that they're, the bias is to minimize yeah. the side effects of the vaccines sure. for PR reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and no question, there are people having bad reactions. I mean, we just saw a patient together that, you know, she had, yeah. uh, the first time she had the visor, I think she had like a body rash. Yes. And the second time she had a lot of joint pain. She had a lot of joint pain that took over three weeks to go away. Right. So, yeah. you know, that's... I mean, she's, she's okay now, but yeah. that, that's that's pretty inconvenient. Very inconvenient. Uh, At some point in the beginning, after that second shot, she couldn't move. Wow. That's what she said. Okay. Reminds me of another radio personality that complains of the same thing after the second shot. Oh, really? Yeah. I would, you want this Sid Rosenberg. Oh, okay. Couldn't move. Couldn't okay. go to work that next day after oh, the... wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I mean, he yeah. recovered. Yeah. He recovered. Yeah. yeah. So, so look, let's think face about it. This vaccine, you know, this is a vaccine. It's just a vaccine. Not that many vaccines cause that degree of discomfort. That's true. Uh, although some people just say, oh, I had a sore arm. Yeah. And that's typical. Yeah. You know, when I went, became a hospital dietitian, I got my hep B yeah. vaccine. Yeah, yeah, I had a sore arm. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. What? All right, and then it's over. Yeah, but, but that's um, not what we're talking about. One here. of our our office uh, workers here had, had a shingles vaccine. You know, yes, the Shingrix, and her arm and, is killing her today. And she says, "And I feel so tired today." I said, "That's the vaccine. That's the immune. Your immune yeah, is up. Yeah. You're it's fighting this thing." She just had a, yeah, I had a good tired. night's sleep. I said, "But you know, it's it's, it's a vaccine, vaccine reaction." Sure, but um, you know, it's it's uncomfortable. She said, "I had to sleep with my arm, you know, elevated and yeah, you know." Yeah. So put an ice pack on it or something. You know? Right. Elevate your arm. Right. Do something. So, Susan, thank you for that very thoughtful question. Good point, which to pause because we want to offer one of our sponsors this opportunity to share a vital message with you. So, here it goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax Gold with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what helps to underwrite this program so it is a free experience for you.
This, we've got a, a nice email, a nice note from Beth. Dear Dr. Hoffman, thank you so much for writing about indoor air quality or lack thereof. I do believe it's an unrecognized cause of many chronic health issues. This is true, right? Mm -hmm. I would welcome more articles on the subject, especially on the topic of indoor mold exposure and toxicity. You and Layla are excellent resources, and I welcome all your articles and guidance. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. We will do more on mold because mold yeah. is really a topic... Especially it's a big in the deal. wake of these these floods and, and storms, yes. yeah, it's it's going to be a huge problem in the south, and then of course in the northeast where they had a lot of flooding. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I told you about Ida kind of hit my neighborhood a little bit, yeah. and the houses on my block, and yeah. we were able to you know pick up that linoleum, the flooring, and dry everything out. We're good, but our neighbor in not so good in, in the, the basement. basement yeah. In the basement, good. my neighbor not so good, and she's concerned about mold issues and yeah, things it like can that. Be so very big. We were talking again. About, I'll remind you. You may have heard the story, but. The headline on September 10th, 2001, in, I don't know, the Daily News or the Post was, big, bold headline, Killer Mold. Really? And then that story obviously Went got away. eclipsed the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, a story mold. about, you know, this, this black toxic mold, which causes all these side effects and how it was rampant. And this is also the wet season because there's a lot of hurricanes in the Northeast. Yes. yes so, yes, yes, um, yes. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about mold. Okay. The black mold, especially. Black mold is bad. very, very toxic. You have to be careful. Stachybotrys. Stachybotrys is that yeah. what that, that's mm -hmm. called? Yeah. Okay. Got to be very but, careful. You know, many wear... molds, uh, they can. It's not so much an allergy. It's actually they produce neurotoxic. Uh, yes. You know, gases, literally. So it's not a matter of you're having sniffles and things. Yeah. Oh, my house is moldy. Turn on the air conditioner or dry it out. Malaise, this and that. Joint pain, but it could be autoimmunity. More. Yes. Uh, enormous brain fog. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a, a relative who's the healthiest athletic guy. Terrific. And he bought a house, which was a fixer-upper. He's very handy. And uh, he started working on it, started working on it. All of a sudden, he became very ill. And, you know, testing for Lyme disease. And, you know, nothing came up. Nothing came up. And then, you know, he was tearing out some walls. And he saw that this fixer-upper was just infested with mold. Yeah. And, you know, so we just told him to get out of there. And uh, it took him a while to recover, but just merely getting away from it helped him to recover. Absolutely. Other people sort of spiral into this sort of long-term, uh, stuck, yeah. uh, autoimmune-like state, you know, chronic fatigue-like state with mold. I will point out there's another problem, which mm. is um, in California uh, which and in the West, which is from forest fires. And a lot of people uh, are having respiratory problems, but beyond that, higher risk of Cardiovascular problems. Yes. Higher risk. It's pollution. Of, yeah, higher risk of blood clots, brain problems, higher causes risk inflammation of miscarriages. Wow. You know because it's very toxic material, and you're inhaling it. Yes. And it gets into the bloodstream, these particulate matter, and it's very, very dangerous for some yes. people. Yes. Yes. Got to rethink that fireplace where you're burning wood, and you know. It's nice to have a fire pit outside, especially in the fall in the yard. You don't want to be burning any treated wood there. You don't want to be burning any kind of garbage. You want to treat, you know, the wood that you chopped from the forest kind of thing. Right. Otherwise, Not anything that's treated. You're releasing that into the air. You get sort of a ground zero effect. Exactly. You know, like being on the pile of like burnt plastic right. and chemicals. 
And some wood has been treated with arsenicals. Yes. So you can actually inhale arsenic, mm -hmm. which is very bad for you. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. studies are showing that arsenic may be responsible for a certain percentage of the type 2 diabetes, not just... Oh, that's oh, interesting. Yeah, that it, it poisons the um, energy yeah. metabolism and it can cause arsenic, resistance. Arsenic is used a lot as a pesticide in the feed of large factory farmed animals. And, and chickens so we're especially. Getting it. And yeah. chickens especially. Yeah. Conventional so, chickens. Are. So if you're, if you're a big fan of, or you eat frequently chicken, regular commercial chicken and brown rice and drink some apple juice or even orange juice, that's a big load of arsenic right there. Yes. You right there, get, that's a big load of arsenic. You can get clinically significant levels. Yeah. And yeah. we can measure it. The arsenic, you can get arsenic levels from seafood. Yes. Like crab. Mm -hmm. But that's not... Apparently, the kind of arsenic It's an organic arsenic as opposed to an inorganic, yeah. mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, so that's important. There are lots of different sources of arsenic. It's in the municipal water uh, systems as well. You know, that water fountain at the park or anything like that. So it might not be mm -hmm. out of question to see if our newly diagnosed type 2 diabetics Yeah, have if they have a toxic burden. Yeah. If they have a toxic burden. Because there are obesogens, as you also mentioned, plastics in your articles, plastics, plastics and, things like you know, that, BPA, mm -hmm. and uh, you know some of these uh, fire retardants. Right. And uh, this is in our newsletter article this week. Yeah. Subscribe to our newsletter; you get all this information yeah. free in your inbox. And, and ju just to note, uh, your relative who was doing his fixer-upper and stuff, you you guys, you men and women, you don't wear your respirators often enough. You need to be wearing a respirator, not just the mask. Right. Painters, hobbyists. Not just a mask. Yeah, yeah. When you're doing that kind of work, and you need to all you all need to be reminded to do take those kind of safety yeah I, measures. I used to love modeling when I was a kid, but there were like glues and paints and things like that. Oh, I just I, imagine you on the cover of Vogue modeling. Oh no, would it be GQ? No, no, because no. you said modeling. Modeling. Yeah. No. <laughs> were you modeled? I was modeling? a model. Yeah, like, I've been a lot of things in my life. Yeah. <laughs> been, you know, did I tell you about the time I was a pro wrestler? No! Yeah, oh my! WWE. No, no. I'm model making. I was model like, making. I make you were making like, models. You know, cars, planes, yeah. tanks, you know, yeah. uh, ships. And you sniffed a lot of glue? Yeah. Imagine how smart I'd be if I hadn't, you know. You know but but, the, but yeah. I, I was thinking of taking it up yeah. again because it's really fun. It is fun. And, uh, it's but, actually very relaxing. But it's, it's a little that toxic. Kind of and I'd have to, yeah. you know, have appropriate protection. Yes. So you'd have to wear a mask for that. Yep. Anyhow, okay. I'm wearing a mask all the time anyway. Right. I mean, I wear a mask to bed. I wear a mask, you know, when I leave the house. I'm always wearing a mask. That's a lot of masks. That's a lot of masking. <laughs> I wear a mask when I swim. <laughs> they tell me they got to wear a mask. you got to wear a mask when you swim. Oh. Well, wait a minute. Yes. We have to break because... We do. Okay. Time flies we're having fun. Mm -hmm. And we're done with part one. So if you flip the 45 RPM... Over. Yes. Uh, and on the flip side, um, let's see. Uh, I want to hold your hand. I want to be your man. <laughs> that's, okay. that's dating me. Okay. Um, All right. Or was it love, love, love me do? No. Love me do? Sure. Yeah. That was the, that was 1964. Okay. I think I want to hold your hand was 1965, but don't hold me to that. Okay. Part two yeah. coming up. Uh, give us a preview of what we'll ask in part two. I turned 65, so should I request the extra strength flu shot? What about the pneumonia and shingles vaccine? Is this all too many shots after <laughs> taking the COVID vaccine? 
Yeah, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's a vaccine party. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, tackle that question when we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.